What's up, y'all, and welcome back to Found Bites, a game review series. My name is Brian, and I'll be your host. If you don't know about us, we're all about testing out and finding small, high-quality video games. This is a podcast that aims to respect your time and money as a gamer and a consumer by sifting through storefronts and sales to find the gems that may be worth your precious resources. Now, this being our sixth episode, we want to do a little bit of housekeeping. First off, it seems like we've settled on episode length to be about 20 to 25 minutes. I'm trying not to push it past 25 minutes. I'm trying to keep it short and sweet, but that seems to be the best length to cover everything that we're trying to cover on the show. Posting schedule, we're posting at about 6 p.m. every Thursday night. Also, please feel free to check out the show notes that I'm leaving. Uh, no matter what you're listening to it on, whether it's Spotify or CastBox or Google Podcasts, whatever. I do have show notes there, and in the show notes, I've got timestamps for the different sections. I'm also showing the tracks that I'm using from the game, the musical tracks, as well as some contact info. So obviously, my PSN name is Xenolink, X-E-N-O-L-I-N-K, and you can follow me on P PSN profiles. But also, uh, now I've put in an email address that you can send feedback to or game suggestions or if you just want to reach out. So please feel free to shoot me an email. Uh, the email address is listed in the notes, but it's foundbytesgrs at gmail.com. Also, please feel free to give us some ratings on whatever podcast feed that you're using, preferably positive. Uh, and also don't be afraid to subscribe and leave some comments for us. I've definitely heard a lot of feedback from people I know. Thank you so much for all the positive vibes that you're sending my way. There are some things that I definitely want to toy with. I know it's tough that sometimes when the episode comes out, the game's not on sale on your platform. I'm thinking about different ways to incorporate that or coordinate that, uh, but it's a little tough because I know everyone plays on a different platform. So I'm toying with the idea of maybe sending out sale alerts, uh, but that might be a bit down the line. Thank you so much for everyone who's been listening, no matter where you're listening from. Uh, we've been getting some downloads from Belgium, which is pretty cool. So shout out to Belgium. Uh, if you're our Belgium listeners, uh, feel free to shoot me an email. I'll give, you, I'll give you a shout out. But to everyone, thank you so much for going on this journey with me and helping me perfect what this show hopefully can be. But enough about the show. Let's get into our next game. Banner Saga is the game for this week's episode. The Banner Saga is a tactical RPG. Uh, just some game comparisons, some similarities, kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics or like any of those PS2 games like Disgaea, any of those NIS games, with a twist because it's a tactical RPG meets Oregon Trail, which is an interesting combination. Some release dates. Uh, this had an initial release in January of 2014 on PC, Mac, and shortly after in 2015 on Linux, iOS, and Android. In 2016, it was released on PS4 and Xbox One, and in May of 2018, it came to Switch. There was a Vita port that was supposed to happen, but it was canceled. Uh, some other things around this, uh, there was actually a prequel novel that was published in 2016, 
and a board game uh, went along with this game, also published in 2016. So very interesting stuff, very deep universe and deep lore here. It was developed by a studio called Stoic Studio. And this studio was founded right off the bat by three former Bioware devs uh, who left Bioware in around 2012. Uh, to form their own studio. There was a massive Kickstarter campaign that got the green light in, I don't know, maybe a couple days, uh, well over their asking point. Publisher is a company called Versus Evil, and they also published uh, two sequels to this game. So there's Banner Saga 2 and Banner Saga 3. This publisher also published uh, some Pillars of Eternity ports. Uh, So eventually this game was released as a trilogy, so there are three games. So on PS4, that trilogy was published by 505 Games, And on Switch, it was published by Gearbox. Uh, And they were also published with physical releases. And we'll talk about that in a second. The first game, the original MSRP, uh, is $24.99. So not necessarily on the cheaper end. Uh, And once all three games came out, the trilogy uh, is sitting at $49.99 for the digital version. Now, I have found that the physical versions of the trilogy are cheaper than the digital version of the first game. So if you look right now, for the PS4 or the Switch version, you could probably find them on Amazon for like 18 bucks. So just kind of letting you know everything that's out there. A runtime of the first game is about 10 hours if you're playing straight through the story uh, with nothing extra. If you want to do everything, it's going to take a little more than 20, 25 hours if you're a, a completionist or if you're a perfectionist. And we'll talk about what I mean by that. Uh, for those in the PlayStation ecosystem, this game does have a platinum trophy. It is super tough. I bought this on PS4 digitally. I got it on sale for $4.99, the first game, uh, and I did beat it on PS4. I also bought the physical PS4 trilogy from Amazon, and I again, I think I paid like 20 bucks uh, just because I'm a physical collector. And it has some special bonuses, like a, I think there's a map or something like that. I don't know about the Switch one. I do not know how many hours I put in, but I did beat it on PS4. There is no game clock. I probably put in uh, maybe 12 to 15 hours at least, but I did just start it again from the beginning. Uh, What drew me to this game is going to be that unique hand-drawn art style. This game visually has a a hand-drawn style that is beautiful, uh, a little interesting, maybe even a little creepy at times, but very unique, certainly. This game was initially recommended to me, once again, by Colin Moriarty. Uh, Colin is the host of Sacred Symbols, a PlayStation podcast. If you're into PlayStation, I highly recommend you listen to their episodes. They're a bit long, maybe three, four hours, um, but they do a deep dive, and and Colin has some deep knowledge on PlayStation, and they dissect the news and talk about all kinds of things. So a game like this, I kind of dove in because I do love tactical RPGs, so that was another thing that drew me uh, once it was recommended. I have started the second game, but I didn't get very far, and we will... Uh, kind of talk about why that is. let's talk some gameplay here so as i said earlier i would describe this as a tactical rpg meets oregon trail and i think it's so unique this game and its gameplay is very detailed it's very involved there's a lot of systems here 
There's a lot of managing different characters and their stats. Um, so if you're someone that doesn't like to get too deep into tactical games, there's a lot of systems here, so be aware of that. There's a couple difficulty options, and you can constantly change it as you're going from battle to battle or as you're moving along in the game, but it will affect the trophies. Like, there is a trophy for beating the game on hard, and if you change it at any point during the game, I think that you won't get that trophy, so be aware of that. But I think this is also very good if you're not going for trophies or achievements, because if you get to a certain battle and you're really struggling, you can just click it down to normal or easy or, or whatever. The way that you progress in this game is interesting. So the story is told from the perspective of multiple characters, and it's constantly jumping back and forth to different areas that these characters are in. Uh, sometimes this can get a little confusing because even if you're jumping back to a certain story or a certain location where characters are, who quote-unquote you are changes. So the first time I played this, I remember I wasn't quite sure who I was when it kept saying you. So try and pay uh, a little bit of attention there. The bulk of the gameplay is going to be movement of a caravan. So this is where it is very much like Oregon Trail, and you will watch your caravan kind of marching across from afar, you'll watch it march across the screen as you're traveling. And as your caravan is moving, there's in the middle of the screen at the top, there's sort of a, a little HUD that has different information on it. It has information on what day it is, like number-wise, like how many days since you left on your journey, uh, how much supplies you have, number of people in your party, number of fighters in your party. Uh, so all things that are informative for you about your caravan. And as you're moving, there's a circle that has the day on it, and it gets filled around in a circle, like a meter going up, and once it fills up completely, it ticks another day. And as each day ticks, you lose supplies because people are eating food. And then also as your caravan is moving, there will be stoppage for many different things. So a lot of time it's for story-based events, whether it's arriving in a certain town, or a certain city going into a dialogue or going into a battle that is uh, unavoidable from the story. Other than that, there will be seemingly random encounters that'll cause stoppage. Uh, I say seemingly, for the most part, these are certainly planned. And at these crossroad situations that you're going to encounter, uh, it's gonna be very D&D. So it's going to be proposing you a situation and then sort of give you three or four or even five options of how to proceed or how to respond. And depending on the way you respond, you might result in a battle, you might result in moving on. Sometimes it'll be, you know, you'll encounter obstructions or a split path, and then sometimes it might be a battle depending on uh, what you choose to do. It's also possible that some of your encounters might result in you taking on individuals to your caravan, whether it's adding people who are trying to avoid uh, certain dire situations, um, you may also add NPCs that you can use as fighters. Uh, so that's one of the ways that you can add people to your party. But a big thing in this game is choices and consequences. Sometimes the consequences are seen immediately, but for the most part, you will do something, you'll make a choice, and it might not come back to you in terms of consequences until a lot later in the game. Sometimes it's very positive, sometimes it might be negative, sometimes it might be kind of in the middle. And this is where... I think if you're a perfectionist, this could get inside your head a little bit. In that respect, it is kind of like Quantic Dream. Some of the games they make, like uh, Detroit Become Human and, and Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls, where it's like 
each time you're at a crossroads, the story splits into different possibilities. But I wouldn't go uh, too heavy with that comparison, obviously, because I think the gameplay is very different. Also, you have manual stoppages. So if at any point you feel that you want to rest or you want to train or you want to look at your characters and maybe level them up, you can manually stop the camp. And there's a lot of managing of the caravan. As days are ticking, like I said, supplies is going away. Also, you have to manage morale of your caravan. And this is where it can really get under your skin. One thing that I found myself doing, because I am a perfectionist, this game autosaves. And it keeps all of the autosaves. It doesn't just overwrite them. So the first time I played through this, I did kind of jump back a little bit after I made a decision that I didn't like the outcome of. So if that's you, just be aware that this may be a little taxing on you. Uh, let's jump to Battle. This game has very great tutorials, and it doesn't oversell it. In the beginning, it might do one or two battles to show you some slight differences, but after that, you are kind of on your own. However, when you do a manual stoppage of the caravan, you can do training, and this is very helpful. If at ever you feel like you're lost with the combat, you don't quite know how it works, you can go train and just run through a training session. This is a tactical RPG, so while you're in battle, you can take time. But I think it's very important that they do give you tutorials, but only a little bit. They don't spoon feed it for you, but they allow you the opportunity if you ever want to. And I think that's really good in terms of accessibility because I know a lot of games that over-tutorialize I'm looking at you, Nintendo. The battle screen is essentially a chessboard. Uh, you're going to start out with your characters. You get a max of six that you can play uh, at one time in a battle. And you're going to be given specific areas on the map that you can put characters, your characters, to start. Uh, and the enemies are already going to be in their position, so you can move things around. Um, you can look at all the enemy stats right away from the beginning and constantly everything is sort of there for you and even as you're in battle there's a help menu you can look at what everything means so they really lay all their cards on the table which i think is really good very transparent of them uh stats so your characters will have five stats essentially uh, strength, armor, willpower, exertion, and break. All of these can be leveled up. Uh, the enemy stats, I don't know if they have all five, but essentially they only display two of them, strength and armor, which are the most important and the ones that you're going to utilize the most in battle. So doing damage to characters, to enemies, um, has to do with comparing strength and armor. The way it works is your strength is how much damage you can do, but it is also your health. The way you do damage is by sort of subtracting the enemy's armor, okay? So every character will have a blue and a red number above them. The blue is armor and the red is strength. And so you're comparing strength and armor. So if my character has a strength of 11, let's say, and I go up to an enemy that has an armor of 10, I can do at least one damage. It can be made complicated by some of the other stats like willpower, exertion, and break, which we'll talk about in a second. But for the most part, it's going to be a back and forth between strength and armor. Now, as you do damage to enemies, their strength goes down. So an enemy that has a lower strength now can potentially not do or not do as much damage to your uh, players. However, if you have a situation where all of your characters are trying to beat an enemy that has a really high armor, you're going to have to go a different route and attack their armor. And that's what break is. So break is sort of a standard flat number for how much damage you can do 
to an enemy's armor. And this is a stat that you can increase, uh, but most characters are going to start with that at the stat of 1. But if you have a situation where the strength of your character is 10 and an enemy's armor is higher, uh, you could try to attack their strength, but if their armor is higher, for every one point higher the armor is, you have a reduction of 10% probability that that attack is going to land. If you have a strength of 10 and they have, let's say, an armor of 15, you're looking at a 50% chance of only doing one damage. So the game you know, really tries to stress that attacking strength and armor is the strategy. You have to kind of diversify what you're doing. To kill an enemy, you put its strength down to zero, and that's going to move into how turns are taken. Turns are taken alternatively. So what I mean by that is no matter what, no matter how many of your heroes you have and how many enemies there are, you're going to alternate. So you're going to have one of your characters and then one of the enemies and then one of your characters and one of the enemies. Even when you kill an enemy, be wary that, you know, if you're looking at the turn order on the screen and you're saying, okay, well, this guy's next, let me kill him. So then we'll be able to eliminate his turn. You can't think that way because no matter what, it has to alternate. So it's going to push up the one who would have been alternated next. So no matter what, an enemy is going next. This is the case only until there's one enemy left. At that point, it's kind of a free-for-all. It's called pillage. When it is your character's turn, the first thing you can do is move. If you don't want to move, you can attack, but it's not like D&D. You have to move first. So if you choose to attack, then you can't move. Uh, and then you can plan your attack. You could also use a special ability, and this is kind of dependent on the character that you have, their species, and their class. So there are many classes, and you'll sort of find that out as you gain more characters along the way. There are two types of species. There are humans, and then there are characters called Varl. And if you're looking on the battle map, a human takes up one square, and a Varl is a much bigger creature, and it takes up four squares. Willpower and Exertion are two other stats that characters have, uh, and willpower is used to basically add extra damage or move extra spaces. They're kind of like extra points uh, that you can use for a bunch of different things, and they're also what you need to use special skills. And Exertion is just a stat that says how many willpower points you can use in a turn, and you can upgrade both of them. Once the battle is over, you'll sort of get a summary of what happened. If any of your characters go down to zero strength, they will be injured, and they'll have a certain amount of recovery time that they need in order to get back to full health. Uh, you can use them for battles while they're recovering, but they will have lower max health, so it's not advised to do that. You may get some supplies. You will get Renown which you get from killing enemies, and Renown is sort of the main currency in this game. And certain characters may be eligible for promotion, which is essentially leveling up. Now, to promote a character, promotion is awarded when that character kills a certain number of enemies. So to be promoted from level 1 to level 2, I think you have to kill 2 enemies. And to go to the next level, you have to kill three more, and then four more, and then so on and so on. Being eligible for promotion is not enough. You actually have to spend Renown in order to level them up. But Renown being the main currency, this makes it interesting because Renown is also going to be used if you're at a merchant or a market to buy items, to buy supplies. So this makes the balance 
and strategy very interesting. Like, should I level my character up or should I buy more supplies because we're getting low or should I buy this item because it's really cool and it's a nice boost? So there's a lot of strategy here, lots to think about and a lot of information. In terms of the game flow, like I said, uh, it will autosave constantly and it keeps them separate. So you can go back to certain autosaves. I think this is interesting and good for accessibility. I don't think this is good for people who are perfectionists and who are gonna obsess about choices that they've made before like I did. So if you like depth and, and tactical RPGs but you struggle with anxiety, I would suggest just don't look back, just make your choices and, and it is what it is. Let's get into the vibe of this game. As soon as you start it, the first words you read on the screen are, the gods are dead, which is an awesome first line. This is an interesting setting. This is essentially set in like a Norse universe. So there's a lot of uh, Norse lore. There's a lot of Norse writing and lettering on the map. Um, there's a lot of lore on the map. It'll have different locations, different names for mountain ranges or seas. And if you click on them, it'll give you some very interesting lore. And like I said, uh, when talking about the characters, there are humans and there are Varl. Uh, Varl, these giant dudes that have horns. In terms of visuals, like I said initially, this is a hand-drawn game. And it is gorgeous. I love the stylized drawing. It's very colorful. I also like some of the facial expressions of the characters. Like if you go into the character screens... Uh, to look at their stats they are kind of moving which can sometimes be a little weird or creepy it looks like you know an awkward cartoon uh, but i really like the feel of it i love i love the visuals here in terms of sound this is some beautiful music it's beautiful uh, battle music a slow journey a lot of horns again kind of going along with that nordic or that norse feel um, and this was composed by Austin Wintery. And I just found out Austin Wintery also composed the music for a game called The Pathless, which is a newer game that was re released on uh, new-gen consoles. And I was actually thinking, irrespective of this, of getting that vinyl soundtrack because I loved the soundtrack of that game. Um, so shout out to Austin Wintery. This is a really nice uh, and really relevant soundtrack here. There is character voiceover but it only comes off as sort of narration. So when there's dialogue on the screen, it's not being read, but when your caravan is moving and sort of the story is moving along um, after a dialogue sequence, you'll actually hear what you perceive to be the characters uh, kind of doing a narration voiceover, and I really, really like that. This story is very unique. Uh, the characters are amazing, the writing, does really well. It's very witty, very funny at times. I like the way these characters are crafted and you do feel a strong connection with these characters. And this is where I gotta say, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I didn't play very much of the second game. It's not because the second game was bad or I felt the combat was you know, stale or anything like that. Beating this game, it was tough to go to the second one emotionally. I'll tell you that, uh, and I, again, I don't want to say too much, but I, I felt it was very tough continuing, and I, that's not a slight on the game. That doesn't mean the game is bad. That doesn't mean the story sucks. That was just sort of 
my take after beating it. I really love the story in this game and I love these characters. let's wrap up the conversation about the banner saga great story great characters i love the setting i love anything norse this is a high strategy rpg Uh, a lot of numbers a lot of systems a lot of things to consider strategically some people might eat this up with a spoon some people might think this is a bit too much so depending on what camp you're in just be advised there's a lot going on here i really like the unique visuals i love the hand-drawn aspect Uh, very beautiful there's a lot to manage in this game, whether it's the strategy elements, whether it's the story, the characters. For some of you, this might be a little too much, but for some of you who you know were into sort of the quote-unquote golden age of Bioware, which uh, people would say is Mass Effect or Dragon Age, I personally think it's Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 and KOTOR and Jade Empire, you might like this if you're a Bioware fan. I think really from any time if you're a Bioware fan, you really might... Like I said, eat this up with a spoon. Just be careful with regret and, and anxiety. My advice is to just go go head first and whatever you choose, stick with it. Play it through. Play, see this story through. Don't sort of delay that or second guess yourself. Um, in terms of value, 25 for this first game. I don't think it's worth it only because you can get the physical trilogy for cheaper. So that's why I would say check out Amazon or just wait for a sale. Sometimes I see the trilogy on sale. Sometimes I see the individual games on sale on PS4. You know, depending on how much you want to dive into this world, this story, this series, it's really up to you. But I really like this game. So in one way or another, I would say definitely check it out. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Stay tuned for our next episode to see what new game we found for you. 